The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit recently weighed in on the final patent rules regarding claims and continuation practice and the USPTO's authority to impose certain rules that will impact the submission and examination of patent applications. Linda Thayer is a partner at the IP law firm Finnegan. She has been following the patent reform debate in Congress closely and is here today with some insight. Linda, why don't we first of all start off with a little background on the final rules and why they're so controversial. This particular issue started way back in 2006 when the Patent Office first introduced a set of proposed rules on claims and continuations. They offered those rules up for public comment, and the comments were quite critical. Regardless, the Patent Office in 2007 issued its final rules on claims and continuations, which essentially ignored all the comments that people had made during the comment period. The uh, final rules went into, were scheduled to go into effect on November 1st, but TOFIS and GSK went to court and obtained an injunction that is the basis for this appeal to the Federal Circuit. And who are TOFIS and GSK? TOFIS is a small inventor who appealed from that standpoint. GSK is GlaxoSmithKline, which, as you know, is a big pharmaceutical firm. And as far as the final rules are concerned, which ones are at issue and what patent office procedures would they be changing? There are four final rules that were dealt with in the opinion. Final rules 78 and 114 would essentially limit applicants to filing two continuations and one request for continued examination, or RCE, in a patent application family unless the applicant filed a petition showing why they were entitled to file more. The rules don't specifically state that the applicant was limited in that way, but the PTO has made it clear that few, if any, petitions would be granted. So effectively, applicants would be limited to two continuations and one RCE. The other two rules, final rules 75 and 265, would require applicants to conduct a search and provide search results in an examination support document if they filed more than five independent claims and 25 dependent claims in an application. Now, the PTO argues that the final rules don't limit applicants to the hard limits of five independent and 25 dependent claims, but they would require applicants to do more work and provide more information if applicants wanted to submit more than five independent and 25 dependent claims. All right, so looking at things from the perspective of the USPTO, how could these rules enhance patent quality? Well, the Patent Office believes that reducing the number of continuations will reduce backlog. And by reducing backlog, their hope is that each of the examiners will be allowed to spend more time examining each application, and that you can see why that might enhance patent quality. The rules requiring applicants to conduct searches and provide ESDs, or examination support documents, require applicants to do more of the prior art searching and lay out for the examiners more clearly what would be allowable. In general, you can see how this is a laudable goal. If examiners have more information before them and they have more time to spend on applications, then it's, the examiners are more likely to get it right. Now, why are these final rules so controversial? For decades, applicants and, and companies have filed applications and built portfolios around their belief that they could file unlimited continuations in RCEs, and these final rules would clearly change that. Also, these final rules would go back and apply to hundreds of thousands of applications that are already on file that were filed with the existing rules in mind, 
and uh, many in the field believe that that makes the rules impermissibly retroactive. Also, applicants fear that the rules requiring applicants to provide more information in that uh, examination support document would expose applicants to more claims of inequitable conduct. We mentioned a little earlier, Tafas and GSK, can you uh, give us a little bit of a summary on the Federal Circuit's latest ruling there? The Federal Circuit agreed with the District Court and the general public that Final Rule 78, dealing with uh, limitations on the number of continuations, that that rule was invalid. Surprisingly, however, the Federal Circuit went on to find that the other rules were not outside the scope of the Patent Office's rulemaking authority, and therefore it vacated the judgments as to these rules. The patent community overwhelmingly believed that the Patent Office was wrong in implementing the final rules for a whole lot of reasons, as we discussed earlier. And so this decision surprises a lot of us. What's the status of the final rules? Well, if you go to the Patent Office's website, it says the USPTO is not implementing the final rules at this time. Well, truth be told, the final rules cannot go into effect in their current form anytime soon because Final Rule 78 is invalid. The others, I don't think they would put forth or implement the whole package without Final Rule 78. And we need to first hear what the district court does with the remand. What are the most likely next steps, and do you have any idea what the possible timing might look like? Since this was a split decision, the uh, and both sides have lost one sum, lost some, then either party can request rehearing on banc by the Federal Circuit or petition the Supreme Court for certiorari or cert, that is, to review the Federal Circuit's decision. Requests for rehearing on banc must be filed by May 4th, If neither side petitions for a rehearing, the parties have until June 18th to request cert. Since there's a dissenting opinion by Judge Rader and uh, widespread belief that the Federal Circuit found only the continuation rules invalid, and since this is a key issue in the patent world, I would expect the GSK TAFIS side to request rehearing on Bonk, and the rehearing procedure would take several months. However, the Federal Circuit grants very few of these rehearings, so the odds are that rehearing would be denied, and this issue would find its way back to the district court in keeping with the remand by the Federal Circuit. The opinion lays out the subject matter that the district court must deal with on remand, including whether the final rules are arbitrary or capricious, whether they conflict with the Patent Office or the Patent Act in any ways that the Federal Circuit didn't deal with and whether they're impermissibly vague or retroactive, which is what I think is one of the better grounds for them to be reevaluated on. Any subsequent ruling on these issues, though, would probably not come out until the fall of this year. I wouldn't be surprised if the PTO ends this whole dispute by withdrawing the final rules and starting over. The Federal Circuit did strike down the rule on continuations, which was one of the key parts or one of the things that the PTO wanted. And the concurring opinion by one of the judges offers a way to reword the final rule on continuations in such a way that it might survive further challenge. So the PTO may take it upon themselves to just withdraw this set of final rules and reissue a new set of final rules. Our guest has been attorney Linda Thayer, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. To listen to other podcasts in this series and for additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.